Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. All right. So let's jump right into it. Um, I don't know if you guys know that. Actually, let me pray. Let me pray for us. Father, I ask that, um, that you would take us where you want us to go this morning. Um, we want to surrender to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you can't tell, I'm not 100%. Anyone else here have a cold or sinus infection in the past three weeks? Raise your hand, please. All right. Keep your hands up. I'm just seeing who I'm going to blame for getting this. Is it you, Lola? No. No. I won't blame you because I don't think I don't think it was you. <clears throat> I think it was him. Okay, so we we're going to talk about um, what it means to love recklessly. We're basically going to talk about branches, why we even exist, what this is about, who we are. Um, but I think the best way for me to get us started here in explaining where I'm headed is to explain to you one of our family joys, which is our Ford Flare, which is our uh, motorhome, 1991 Ford Flare. And we got it a few years ago, um, pretty beat up, but it's ours. And part of the plan for that was that I would take it down to Sano a lot during the week. We do it for our family trips for camping because we're not like a hotel family as much as we are a camping family. And we wanted to have it so that we could, you know, go away and be with a family. And, you know, my little daughter, you know, take her to those camping bathrooms. And I'm like, you know, I'm not really into this. I think that, like, I want to protect her. And so we have the motor home. And um, one of the things I was going to do with it a lot was take it down to Sano and do sermon prep there. Because I could either do it in the office or, you know, you've got the ocean right there. You just pull up right on the sand and there it is. And so the first, like, three months, I was on it. And, and even the, the, the legend still stands. Like, oh, yeah, Bug's always at Santa working out of, this, out of his office. Yeah, that stopped. <laughs> and the reason for that um, is because eventually I'd start going to pick it up, and I have to back it in, right? Because I, I used my friend's driveway, and I'd back it in. And it's, just, you know, it's bigger than my car. It's quite a bit bigger than my car, and I'm backing it in. And one time I, like hit the fender, and then I bend in the, the, the uh, ladder in the back. And then the next time, like, I'm driving, and this thing on the side of it just flies off. <clears throat> so now i got to pay to repair you know, replace that thing. And, um, and just things start going wrong. Because when it moves, something's going to happen, right? Like, it's just, ugh. So it got to the point where I said, you know, it's just a lot safer and simpler if I just leave it there more often. And I don't take it as much. Because when it's sitting there in the driveway, it's like nothing can happen to it, right? It's just, it's, it's nice and settled. And that's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, think about it. It has an engine, and it just sits there. Why does it have an engine if it's just sitting there? Because it's so much easier and less of a hassle. I mean, I'm the master of choosing the path of least resistance, and when I go to pick this thing up, I'm like, oh, the gas gauge is broken. And what if it's not? Oh, then I got to pull into the gas station. Oh, this big old thing trying to pull in the gas station. And since it takes so much gas, I got to choose the place that has the least, you know, 
priced gas, and of course, everybody's there, and you can't really get... It is not the path of least resistance. But every time I do it, it's like, oh, this is beautiful. This is the way it should be done. But I started doing it less for that reason. The reason I'm sharing that is because that has a lot to do with why we planted branches. I'm the master of choosing the path of least resistance. And so when God's call was put on our heart to plant this church, you can bet we had an argument about this having a lot of resistance, this not being a very easy path. Um, I've, I've shared some of the story before, but the core of it that I want to share with you this morning is that I was wrestling with God about it, and I was like, God, this doesn't make sense. We're here at Shoreline. We, we've helped plant this church. All of our friends are here. We brought you know, all the teenagers that we're working with, with Young Life, and our, our, I mean, our, the, our friends that we're doing life with, we're here with them. And on top of that, like, finally, like, Lord, we're, we're actually paying our bills. And then we've got, um, we have medical insurance. And they just started this weird thing called a pension. Like, this is it. And my, my office is nice wood mahogany. I mean, it's, like, nice here. And as I'm arguing with God, I, I, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm comfortable. We're settled. And as soon as those words came out of my heart, I was like, we're done for. we got to go plant a church. Because I don't want to ever get comfortable and settled. Because when you're comfortable and settled, you're dead. I don't know if you know that. And we knew that. And, and that's why when that, that call was coming, I'm like, all right, we got to do this. But then I'm thinking, okay, is this the smart thing to do? So George and I and a bunch of the rest of us who planted Shoreline, you know, started seeking out some experts and talking with them. <clears throat> and one of the things they said that really stuck out to us was this. They said, if you plant a new church, 60 to 70% of the people that make up that church will be either new believers, people coming back to faith, or people that have been hurt that are willing to give the Lord another chance. 60 to 70%. And when we planted branches, sure enough, what made us up, especially during those first two years, 60 to 70% of the people were new believers or people coming back to faith or believers that decided, hey, I'll be in community. I want to I do this. I'm ready now. That was a huge push for us to do this. Um, but it was not the path of least resistance. God will never take you on the path of least resistance because you got to know this. When you are called to love, Love is never going to be easy, ever. I just did a wedding yesterday. You see that couple, and they're standing there. We love each other. And I'm going, oh, I know you really like each other, but when you get married, you're going to learn what it is to actually love each other. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision. And it's, a, it's not the path of least resistance. Trust me, it's work. It's beautiful, and you're alive. But love, love costs. That's by definition what love is. If you're like, oh, I don't know if this is love. Does it hurt? No, not love. That's how you know. And so in this process of planting this church and we're getting ready and we're like, all right, we're going to do this thing. And, um, and so we planted the church. And, and I remember, too, what happened with a lot of uh, – so there's like 30 of us. And it's pretty funny. The Hodges are staring me right in the face. Because I remember, hey, there's this weird family, and they're like, they want to see what you guys are doing. They're part of this church, but they don't live up there, and so they're driving so far to their church. And, and so it was us and probably 30 other people 
to plant this church. And in that time, even in that launch team, I'd have people come up to me and say, you know what, but we can't really do this anymore. Or usually it was, I can't do this anymore. Because this is as hard. Like, I look around, and if, if no one does this, if, if I don't do this, then nobody will. And I was like, yeah. So we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to go back to where we were. I was like, okay. And I had other people since that time that have come up and told me, you know what, we really wanted to go and plant with you guys at Branches, but, like, we were really settled and comfortable. And I, was, I just nodded. I didn't tell them my whole story. I was like, yeah, I get that. I hear you. I know what you're saying. And we have someone actually in our leadership now, and they were at another church, and an amazing church. Like, the churches around us, I hope you know how amazing the churches are that are around us. They're amazing. But those churches in this church can so easily be a place where you basically are pulling into the driveway and your tires are going flat and the rats are starting to come on in and the cobwebs are growing. And this family, um, it was so fun. This wife, if I told her your name, you'd go, oh, that's something she would say. She said they were sitting there. They were at uh, this church on a Sunday morning. Her husband came in and he's like, isn't this awesome? He has coffee and his donut, right? Because that's what we do. So he had his coffee and his donut. Isn't this awesome? She's like, we got to go. What? She goes, we've turned this into our Christian country club. This is what this is for us. We're just, we're, we're settled. We're comfortable. They don't even need us here. And that was the impetus for them to come to this church startup and say, hey, we're going to jump in and help. That's what I want to share with you this morning because we're also doing something else coming up here soon that's uncomfortable. And I don't want to focus on this. This is not the purpose of why I'm sharing this message this morning. But the core of who we are at Branches, we can never keep saying this enough. And so let me tell you what we're about to do, and then I'll tell you why we're doing it. Because the why is what I want you to hear this morning. So what we're going to do, not the why, but the what we're going to do is the Sunday after Easter, we're going to start having two service times. So this 9.30 time no longer exists. There'll be two new times. We are not doing this because it is the path of least resistance. We've been putting this off for a while. In fact, when uh, probably two years in, um, a couple of my friends were pastors like, man, it's like, you got to understand when people walk into your church right now, you're like 70% full. Like people think it's full. You need to add another service time. And I was like, look, we're not here to grow a church. We're here to be... Well, that's why we call ourselves branches. We're going to abide in him. I mean, I had all these great spiritual reasons for why we weren't doing it. And they'd keep bringing it up. And we, as a, as a leadership team, would talk about it. And like, oh, yeah, well, time's not right. We still can do this. We could squeeze some more people in here. And we can pull some chairs in off the side. And we could just keep doing it this way for a while. And then uh, just recently, um, in the past six, eight months, one of my friends, <clears throat> who's a pastor, I sought him out because, well, he's old. And he's done this a lot. And so I said, you know, so this is what's going on. I have some questions. He's like, well, why are you at two services yet? I was like, yeah, yeah, well, you know. And he said, you should do that. And in my head, I had all those reasons. I didn't say the words comfortable and settled, but they were in there. Like, I know better than to let that actually come into my consciousness. So, like, they were there, and I just kind of covered them up. And I just said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, whatever. And you should have children's ministry. Both like, oh, yeah. That's and I actually said this out loud. Like, that's never going to happen. And then over those two weeks, I, I, as we talked about, when we talked about hacking your spiritual life, talking about hearing the, God's voice and recognizing that voice different from every other voice. And I recognized his voice. 
and I could hear the Lord saying, you need to do this. Like, you say you're a family expecting guests, but when people are there, they think you're full. But there's even more that's missing that I think he wants to do with us. I think we're, we're coming up to five years here in May. And the reality is, is even the thought of this change for us as a leadership team created this discomfort and anxiety because we're like, oh, this is going to be harder. Yeah, things could break. We're going to back this truck up and we're going to break the ladder. Things are going to fly off. Um, it's, it's more difficult. It's not the path of least resistance. But we need to remember why we do anything we do here in this community of faith. We follow Jesus. And Jesus said this. He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. This is, all, this is in, in all the Gospels. The one I chose from is Matthew 22. But it's the same core. That's why we do anything. Anything that we do here at Branches, we do it for this reason. To love God, to love each other, or to love our neighbor. And we're going to do it recklessly. Now, recklessly doesn't mean dangerously. It just means we're going to be reckless with that commitment. Because even if we go to these two services, we may look back and we may say, oh, we need to go back to one. We need to add another one. Whatever changes we make, we're going to make it for one reason and one reason alone. To love God, to love each other, and to love our neighbor. And so, you know, when we've wrestled with, when we, we've used this analogy before, we've wrestled with who we are as a church. We had that Branches 2.0, remember, last year, which was our way of saying, Lord, look, we didn't think we'd still be here. We thought when we planted in 2008, that it wouldn't last. We thought we were just going to go for one year, some shooting star. But yeah, but we're following the Lord and we, we're going crazy. Yeah, it'll be gone. And then we'll have to figure something else out after that. And then we're still here. We're like, okay, Lord, we don't know what to do. We didn't have a plan for still being here. And what we came from that, what I felt like the Lord was telling us was, remember how I told you in the beginning not to play it safe? Don't play it safe. If there's one thing you remember, it's don't be safe. Because remember, and this is what I felt like the Lord was telling me, a ship in the harbor is safe. And we've talked about that. You go to the harbor at Dana Point, those ships are beautiful. Those boats are amazing. About 90% of those boats never leave the harbor. Why? Because all the things that could go wrong, right? If you leave it there, like some of those people have those expensive boats, they don't know how to back them up. They're afraid of backing into something, so they just leave it there. A ship in the, in the harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were built for. And that's not what branches is built for. We're not built to settle in to get comfortable. Remember I told you about the 60 to 70% of church, um, 60 to 70% of the makeup of a new church are new believers? Well, here's the, the other fact, the other statistic. If you have a church that's been around for 10 years, 90% of the people, 9 out of the 10 people that would come to their church and stay at their church for the first time, 9 out of 10 of those came from another church. Which means we're just bouncing around. Which means that we as churches somehow, all of us, by nature, get settled in. You know, that's just our nature. Think about it. You're in a movie theater right now. When I said to stand up and greet each other, how weird did that feel? You're like, I'm in the movie theater. I don't turn behind me ever. 
unless they're really loud. And even then, I try to ignore them because if there's another seat, I'm going to go take that. Like, I want the path of least resistance, which is hilarious that we're in a movie theater, right? Because this is designed for our nature. Look, just let me settle in. In fact, some of you are like, man, why aren't we up in the VIP room where they have those really cool chairs? And they'll just bring me a beer and a hamburger if I want it. Like, that's our nature. And so we take that nature and that way of living into being a part of a community of faith. And we just kind of settle in. But we follow Jesus. And this is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4. This is what he said is why he came. Why he does everything he does. This is, yeah, this one right here. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I bold-faced those. I bold-faced those because that is what it means to love, to proclaim good news to the poor. That sounds so gentle, but that is so going to cost you. To recovery of sight for the blind. For those of you who are on the prayer team and you've prayed over people for healing, you're like, really, am I doing this right now? Like, is this really going to happen? What if it doesn't? To even put yourself out there is a step. To set the oppressed free. Why are they oppressed? Because someone gained something from them being held captive. And so for us to step into that is going to cost us. Love is costly. And Jesus said, that's the reason I came. And then he told us, he said, he who wants to keep his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Let that settle in for a second. You will find your life, the real life. He said, I came so that you can have life and have it to the full. Well, then why does it cost so much? Because that's the way life works. And I want you to know that for us in this community of faith, our leadership team is going to continue to make decisions based on one reason. Now, we've already told you several times, we have no idea what we're doing. And we will make tons of mistakes. But we will make decisions. And when we make those decisions, we're going to make them based on that reason. Because we follow Jesus. And we are committed to loving recklessly, to love him recklessly, to love our neighbors recklessly, and to love each other recklessly. And in your home groups, as we talk about how important those groups are, in those home groups, we want you to make your decisions based on the same things. We're not trying to please people. We're trying to love them. There's a huge difference there. With this whole change, we know this is uncomfortable. It's not more uncomfortable for anyone here than me. And I know it's uncomfortable because I'm making you guys uncomfortable. Picking on Lola, we joke about it all the time. She goes, I know you're doing this because it's making us uncomfortable. I mean, she's grandma. She can do whatever she wants. So she tells me the stuff, and, and it's true. But I'm not doing it for the sake of that. We're doing it for the reason to get us to really grow. And here's the crazy thing about that. As we continue to love we think we're giving away, and instead, we're growing inside. We are becoming more than we were before. 
we're going to talk about this verse over the next few weeks. My plan is to have different people sharing every Sunday for the next two months. People that were there when we planted branches and people that have come since talking about this process and what they've seen in their life by doing this. Um, I'm going to have a friend of mine come up here and share, but I want to show you a verse before he comes up. It's John 12, 24. And this is a very important verse that I would recommend you memorize. This is a verse um, that talks to the core about what it means to come and die, to love. Truly I tell you, if a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, mess that up. Okay, whew, I didn't mess it up. Cold is really messing me up. So unless that grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, if it doesn't die, it will remain by itself alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. Now, something I've never done with this passage before is focus on that word remaining alone. Think about that. Unless that grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, if it doesn't die, it will instead remain alone. And I want you to think about my little poor Ford Flare just sitting there in that driveway. That's true for us as well. When we get comfortable and we get settled, like I think, what if I didn't follow the Lord and we didn't step out and plant this community of faith? What if? What would I have been missing out in my life? Now, I'm not sharing this this morning to, to finish by saying, hey, this is what you can get out of it. Because it's not about what you can get out of it. But the reality is the way God's economy works, you give your life away and then you find it. But if you try to hold on to your life, you lose it. So I asked uh, my buddy Hairspray. I don't know where he's at right now, but if he could come on up. And I've asked him to share. And trust me, no one that gets up here is excited about doing public speaking. So you need to pump him up. If he says something and it's not funny, you need to laugh anyways. But um, Hairspray and I were, uh, over the past couple of years, he was telling me something, or maybe it was the past year probably, and he shared something with me. And I, I asked him pretty late this week, but I said, would you share on that? Yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, I talked to you before that. But I didn't give you the details till yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so I said, what would you say to the 30 or so people that originally planted branches. Because I think what he's telling them is also what he's telling all of us. Because when we plant these two new gatherings, we look at it as replanting. And so I just wanted you to share just what's happened in your life. So, we call you many nicknames Hairspray. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Hairspray. Some of you might know this dog, but Hairspray is a um, hairspray is a product of one of my good friends dying in a time where uh, he shouldn't have gone, but he did. Um, hairspray was born kind of into this kid that just wanted to drink and be ubiquitous, and I kind of compare him to the Incredible Hulk. He was uh, just my alter ego. When I would drink and be stupid, I would. Seriously, I'd be in the best mood, but uh, wasted beyond belief, sinful beyond belief, um, a total nightmarish wretch. 
Um, and I once threw a foosball table off of a buddy's balcony twice in one night. So we clawed back up and I threw it off again. Um, and that was fun. That was like who Luke Harrisbury was. He was just smash, 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 and then wake up next morning and rinse, repeat. Um, terrible person. And I don't know if uh, Amazing Grace came on for me or, or what, but it's like my theme song for Luke Harrisbury. And uh, so met my wife during the Harrisbury era, and uh, she was a gift from God, and I knew it. Like, literally, was like, well, just was Christian. I was like, what's that? And uh, was stoked to have her, and she built me up to this point where Hairspray stayed dormant for quite a while, and she'd come out every once in a while. But uh, she uh, stayed pretty pretty well dormant and didn't wake up in 10 afternoons too often. But uh, she, uh, when I when we found branches, we were, we were still pretty lost in Christ, and uh, we had them in our back pocket, but uh, still pretty lost. We found branches, immediately took to it, and uh, so uh, branches has changed me so much, and it's made me a, literally a part of the church where I'm. Uh, it's made me such a good part of this church, and it's made me such a better person. It's it's taken me to this next level of where I where I need to be, and. Being a wretch and knowing I'm a wretch and was a wretch and accepting this name Hairspray. Well, Boog, being a fan of nicknames, uh, he latched onto it and it brought it back out. I mean, it was never, I never was calling me Hairspray unless you were my close friends and I was at that point where he was out and smashing things. But um, I'm called it pretty regularly now. Uh, Noah Ridcliffe will yell from across the room, hey, Hairspray! And it's acceptable now. And the beautiful thing about it is it's a constant reminder of who I used to be, but it's also a reminder of how that can be turned around because of this church. And your guys' kids calling me that is so awesome. Loki calling me that is so awesome. I even like list it in my email when I reply to Bogey. I don't say my name, I say, thanks, Hairspray. Um, kind of rambling, but the, the moral of the story is that you're, you guys in leadership, you guys that's planted this church, you saved one hairspray, and you've probably saved a lot more. Keep doing a good job, and uh, I mean, open the doors to all the other guys out there, all the other ladies out there that need hairspray to be dormant, and need them to be good, good guy, and uh, just help out. Um, seriously, I have so many more tactical thoughts to go through, but I'm lost. Um, kind of the moral of the story, it's just I'm trying to be more Christ-like, and it's because of this church that I'm like that. So I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart and my soul. Uh, keep it going. <laughs> so let me close with this. We say that we're a church for people who go to church. And when we say that, even those of us that were here from the very beginning sometimes forget what that means. That's what that means. We are making all of our decisions based on how we can be what Christ said we are. Not what we should be, not what we could be, but who we are. He said, you are the light of the world. 
Not you could be the light of the world. You should be the light of the world. Hey, you might be someday. No, you are. And so for that reason, we can never get settled. We can never get comfortable. And we are always looking for ways for us to take that light and to share it. And we want to do what we told you. Set you free to be ministers. Every member at Branches is a minister. Every one of you. Not you could be, not you should be, you might be. That we might not be a good light, or we might be a hidden light, or we might be a comfortable, settled light that just kind of goes into the closet and closes the door, and we don't want to, like, get out there. But the reality is we're still a light. The world needs us, not because of who we are, but because we reflect the light of Christ. He is the light. He came with this good news to set the captives free. And so when we make these decisions, this decision, I want you to remember why we're doing it. This is not a decision of convenience. The last thing we want you to do is go, I'm glad we got that early one because then I'll be able to do this later. Or, oh, glad it's the later one because now I can really sleep in. It's not about us. This is not a decision for us. This is a decision for all the people we're invested in, all of our friends and family. We want to give them space and say, you know what, why don't you come and be a part of this? In fact, we don't need to invite them to come. Why don't you help them to come start it? We went to some of our friends that, who were not believers and said, would you help us start this church? They're like, well, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I'm like, that's fine. Why don't you help us start this church? Okay. And then they became believers through the whole process. Obviously, we didn't have them up there preaching. But my point is, is that why don't you invite some of your friends and say, hey, we're going to start something new. Why don't you help us with this? Because that's what we're doing. We're planting something new, and we're planting it new for that purpose. Now, we're going to keep hammering this home over and over again, but it was so big on my heart, I wanted to share it. And so I will finish sharing there. And this is what I want to be stuck in in all of our heads. We all have to find our place. If you're visiting, you don't have to find your place. If you know you're going to stay, or you want to stay, or you want to consider, you're welcome to join in. But for those of you that are here, part of branches, and you're like, well, this is all taken care of. Well, it's not going to be taken care of because we're on purpose taking it apart and creating two of them because we want other people that haven't stepped up to give the opportunity to step up and to jump in for that main purpose so that we can love God and each other and our neighbors recklessly. Somebody pray for us, and the worship team's going to come up. Father, um, I want to thank you for what you've done in my life. Um, I remember that argument with you. I remember arguing with you about how important it was for me to stay where I was and how important I thought I was. And Father, I thank you for just continually teaching me that I don't have to be important. I'm just yours. And that's way better. Father, this community of faith is yours. We belong to you. You do what you want with us. And Father, we're going to keep moving forward trying to love you, to love each other, and to love our neighbors. If there's a way we can do it better, let us know. Um, And give us the courage to do what we're afraid of. So Lord, we surrender ourselves into your hands. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.